Do you recall a day where everything clicked into place, where the world seemed to move in perfect harmony and every task flowed effortlessly? Introducing you to London Nootropics, adaptogenic coffee blends, thoughtfully crafted to elevate and balance your day, delivering all the perks of your beloved coffee, plus the incredible benefits of adaptogens, which also help to dial down those less than loved side effects like jitters, anxiety, and that all too familiar crash. A premium mix of medicinal mushroom extracts and other potent adaptogens, each blend is targeted for a specific purpose depending on what you need. Flow enhances your mental clarity and focus. Zen is your go-to for stress, relief and balance. And Mojo offers that clean, natural energy lift. It's the synergy between caffeine and adaptogens that works wonders, allowing us to relish the caffeine buzz without the drawbacks, ensuring a smooth, sustained energy flow. My top pick is the Zen Blend. It's a lifesaver for those of us who are caffeine sensitive and not to mention comes in the most charming packaging. So why not elevate your coffee experience with London New Tropics? Discover the perfect blend, find your flow and enjoy an exclusive 20% discount with the code SaturnReturns at LondonNewTropics.com. Hello everyone and welcome back to Saturn Returns with Kagi. Pausing this for a moment because I've got something exciting to share. Today's episode is brought to you by London Nootropics, the masters of crafting adaptogenic coffee blends that don't just taste heavenly, but they also boost your energy the right way. Now we all love that zesty kick from caffeine. It snaps us awake by outsmarting those sleepy adenosine receptors in our brain. But here's the kicker. Caffeine can hike up our cortisol, giving us the jitters or anxiety, particularly if you're like me and caffeine sensitive. But that's where the magic of adaptogen steps in. These natural heroes level out our cortisol, smoothing the energy boost from caffeine without the downsides. Plus, while caffeine tends to rush in and fade away, leaving you crashing, adaptogens extend that energy, keeping you vibrant without reaching for another cup. So if you want to find your most productive self with Lion's Mane and Rhodiola in their flow blend, Cordyceps in Mojo is known to increase our aerobic capacity, oxygen flow and boost ATP. So it's perfect before a run or workout or when you're feeling fatigued. So if you're intrigued and you want to dive deeper into their blend secrets and discover which adaptogens sync with you, try visiting their website. And because you're part of the Saturn Returns family, enjoy a special 20% off at London Nootropics Adaptogenic Coffee with the code Saturn Returns. Enjoy. The aim of this podcast is to bring clarity during transitional times where there can be confusion and doubt. I have been overwhelmed by the response from listeners and very touched by all the messages I've received and reviews you have written. I hope together we can continue to create a community for open conversation that encourages and celebrates vulnerability and authenticity. For that reason, I decided to create a Saturn Times with Kagi Patreon page, where I can share content, thoughts, musings, and create somewhere online where we can have conversations in a safe, cohesive space. Please visit Saturn Returns with Kagi on patreon.com if you'd like to join our growing community. This was a world that I wanted every woman to know about, to know about the magic that lives inside of us, to know that we can call upon things and we can ask for help and we can walk with the trees and we can listen to the moon and we can dance with the stars and the world is ours to commune with. The Goddess Space, 
The Goddess Space was created by Anushka Florence, seeking to create beautiful sacred spaces to support, hold and empower women. I discovered Anushka at the beginning of my own Saturn journey. I was invited to take part in one of her women's circles and I wanted to get her on the podcast to discuss the power of sacred space and sharing it with a community of women, but also about her journey and understanding of the feminine. The balance of the feminine and the masculine energies is something that has been on my mind recently. I've had my own personal experiences that have encouraged me to soften and surrender and lean into my femininity. Anushka really is a bit of a goddess um, in every aspect. I mean, she's so beautiful and she has this wonderful, soft energy about her. And also the environment that she creates around her is just unbelievable. We also discuss in this episode magic with a K, which I found very fascinating because it's about reclaiming what magic actually is. But before we get into that, here's Nora, our astrological guide for the season, who will draw parallels from the experiences of our guests and the astrological transit that is Saturn return. Your identity really gets crystallized during this time. So I feel like Saturn return really gives you the space to explore that to explore your own masculine energy, your feminine energy. For example, if I was born as a woman and I completely identify as a woman, and in my case, I'm a heterosexual, what I did during this time is that I really, really, really wanted to be a woman. I did not want to have any kind of masculine energy. I just wanted to completely immerse myself in that and be extravagant in it. But Saturn return really gives the opportunity to explore that part that you identify with, which could be either. It's allowing me to be who I am, as long as it's authentic. I met with Anushka to record at her home in London, which was like walking into a spiritual paradise. I mean, it felt like we were in a different universe entirely. The goddess space creates really safe and sacred spaces for women to gather, for women to reconnect back to their essence, to their truth, to their nature. And for the past five years, I've been holding really beautiful women's circles in dreamy spaces. I mean, this is the dreamy space <laughs> ever. Just, I mean, you guys can't see, but it is stunning in here. Thank you. You, you could be an interior designer quite easily. Well, my, Isn't your mother yeah, in here? So yeah, my mum's an interior designer, so spaces have always been important really important and sacred to us and in my maternal line you know and I always say my mum creates spaces for people's homes and I create spaces for people's souls I love that yes has spirituality always been in your family yeah so my family are really religious and so spirituality god something higher mm -hmm. than us was instilled figure, yeah. into me since I was a little girl and ritual because Judaism is embedded with mm. ritual. Can you tell us a bit about some of the rituals that you practice? Yeah, in Judaism. Mm -hmm. So every Friday night as a little girl, I used to go and light the Shabbat candles. And in Judaism, Friday represents the feminine. It represents the Shekinah, which is the divine feminine within. And so when you light the candles on Friday night, you do a blessing where you basically um, welcome the light. You welcome the divine feminine into the evening, into the day, into um, your life. Mm -hmm. And with that, you say a prayer and then you make any wishes for your family or anything you want to 
call the Divine Feminine to, you can um, speak that to her. I didn't know that it was connected to the Divine Feminine. Well, not a lot of people do, not even Jewish people, but... Um, really? Yeah. Well, that because, ties in perfectly to this yes. conversation. Because I, I I went out with, um, I mean, a couple of people that are Jewish, actually, mm. but my first love was Jewish, and I remember mm. going to one of those family Friday night dinners, and it's quite intimidating if yeah. you're not from that culture. And I remember... Like, you know, there's the blessing of the bread and stuff. Yeah. And I, 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 one of the uncle or something joked about me having to, like, make a speech. And I still remember it to this day as one of the most terrifying moments. But I have always really gravitated towards the Jewish community because mm. those sort of family values are incredible and, like, incredibly stabilising to mm. set you up for life. Well, it's that community, it's that village aspect that I think is so missing in today's Western culture. culture. Because yeah, we, I think we are experiencing this pandemic as well of loneliness that's going totally. on and disconnect. Totally. Mm. Yeah. And that's what, you know, was one of the biggest drives for me to, to create, create these spaces. spaces. Yeah. It was totally inspired by my feeling of loneliness, you know, beginning my own personal spiritual journey, which was separate to my connection with Judaism. It, you know, yeah. I was very much seeking a more direct connection to the divine. The divine. So Judaism didn't actually work for you completely? It does and it did. And, you know, it has supported so much of my own personal journey. But there is definitely a flame inside of me that seeked for something more. So my journey has really been about finding the interconnectedness of spirituality and the relationship back to nature, which I feel holds all the truths we need, but is often the last place that we go to find it. Mm. What took you on that path? Was there a specific moment that suddenly shifted everything yeah you're looking like there is yeah, yeah. I mean it's you know I hear this story a lot in different forms but it was a it was a big breakup um, big breakup. how old were you I was 23 mm -hmm. and I was with an amazing guy and we were traveling on really different paths and I didn't want to believe that we weren't going to journey together but everything within me was telling me it wasn't the right way and I think, you know, I always attribute it to the first time that I really listened to that voice within. Mm -hmm. And it was a point where I felt like I had to do something. I had to take action. You couldn't not. I couldn't not listen. And I felt this calling to go and climb a mountain. Wow. So I booked this trip to Mount Kilimanjaro and he ended up coming with me. And I remember just climbing as the sun was rising and half the sky was black with stars and I was watching the sky as it kind of changed and I looked behind me and he was always just those few steps behind. Mm. And when we got to the top, I was in awe looking over the most magnificent landscape I'd ever seen in my life. And he was so tired, you know, and I realized then that it was this, this yeah. sign that it was just not... We weren't aligned. We weren't aligned. It wasn't going to work. So so that was probably a test, really, for both you and mm -hmm. him. And it's funny because upon reflection, I, I now hear so much about this metaphor of climbing a mountain. Because if you are at the bottom and you're looking all the way up to the top of the mountain, the journey to get there seems unattainable. Whereas our guides would tell us one step at a time, you just put one foot in front of the other, 
and then you're there and everything makes sense. Mm -hmm. And so that for me was the catalyst. And then I came home, I ended it with him. I quit my job. I was putting on events for kind of music, fashion, art spaces, which was really cool. It was definitely, you know, creating spaces is part of my nature, but it was so temporary. So I decided to quit and I left my home all in the space of a week. Wow. Yeah. And you were really young to do that. Mm. That's very bold and brave. Mm. Because I think a lot of people listening as well, we have those those moments where you hear that quiet voice because it is a quieter voice, much quieter voice. And sometimes Mm. it's only a whisper and we actually have to create the space and the silence to hear it. But because we... It's not matching up with the the facts we have around us necessarily. Mm. To take those steps to trust it is terrifying to a lot of people because we feel like we need to know where we're going all the time. Mm. And life doesn't work like that. And I'm learning every day and every week with every experience that it's more like a maze or like a river. And it's just going to meander in its own way and I have to flow with it. And something will happen that will suddenly set me off in a complete different course that will feel horrible and turbulent Mm. and unsettling. But then it will redirect me towards something that I would never have discovered had I not been pushed in that direction. So I'm really trusting that now rather than I think before I would stay stuck in a place of victimhood Mm. and hold on to that narrative Mm. and like then creates so much resistance that actually internalized into and manifested into sort of depression or anxiety because I was just scared of letting go. So it sounds like from a really young age, you kind of learn to let go. I learned to let go. I learned to create space. Um, But then I was met with the shadow side. Tell me about that. The more space that you create, the more you allow yourself to journey to places within you that you didn't know existed. Um, And that's why I think a lot of people fear space. They Mm -hmm. fear what lurks... In the shadows. In the shadows, what lurks behind that corner that you have breathed into or that you have opened or unlocked inside of you. Yeah. Um, Can you tell us a bit about what came up? Yeah, so a lot of sadness, um, a lot of anger a lot of judgment on who I was and who I'd forgotten. Um, It was really a meeting of all the parts of me that as a little girl, as a teenager, I told weren't enough. You denied. I denied. And so when I began my spiritual journey, a lot of that was coming out of victimhood, was coming out of blame, was lifting my perspective to recognize how these experiences had shaped me, but also to acknowledge that there was a grief that needed to take place in order to fully um, be sat in that space authentically. The grieving of self? The grieving of self, the grieving of separation. So my parents got divorced when I was really young. How young were you? Five. Mm-hmm. and noticing and becoming aware of the parts of me that I had disconnected well, it's re- from. It's reclaiming those parts of yourself that you had sort of cut away, mm. essentially. And acknowledging the toxicity that you've carried through suppressing them. So whether it was my 
bad eating habits that I had adopted and my struggles with how I compared myself, how I judged myself, how I lost myself. And at the beginning, I didn't even know what it was. I just remember crying for days. Mm. And it's something in that as well, not having to pinpoint the exact moment where mm -hmm. you felt that, but actually just, just sitting feeling. it, sitting in it all. Sometimes we're so we're so intellectual about things that we're trying to like grasp, like, well, what does this mean? What mm. is this feeling? Where does this come from? Rather than actually just accepting and sitting with it, which is a hugely profound and progressive experience if yeah. you can get to a point. And it's, I mean, I don't know, I can't speak for your experience, but would you say it felt like the there was just a slight tipping point in the sense that you were in your worth enough and on your spiritual journey enough that you were able to hold that space for the past version of you. Yes, but it has definitely taken time to get there. Did you have a, a structure around you of friendship and family that supported it or did that fall to the wayside a little bit? It fell. People didn't understand me. You know, people didn't understand my choices. People didn't understand why I was sad. In their eyes, I had, had everything. everything. And mm -hmm. so you know, this was my fault or this was the result of my choices, my actions. And that was when I really realized that I needed something more to support me. And the beauty of creating space is that I believe you become a vessel and you become magnetic towards what you need at that time because you have put your trust in the universe and the universe then responds. And with that came a tribe of wise women. How did they come into your life? Um, it was different, but they just appeared, is all I can say. Yeah. And I, I noticed them. It's strange, because I get a lot of people that will message me saying, I want to go on you know, this path, but I'm scared about losing friendships and mm. the right people not coming in. Mm. How do you know that they will? And I was like, they just they do. just do. And again, I really think it's the courage of your conviction to make these certain choices to create the space. And I know it's hard and I know it feels like... Well, there's a necessary, I believe, social exile that you experience and you have to trust that space in between. And that mm -hmm. is terrifying. Yeah. Because you have to go from where you've been, you can't just get to where you're going. And that's a lot of the reason as well why I started creating these spaces, these women's spaces, um, because I realized so many women around me were going through the spiritual journey, were going through the process, and we were all doing it alone. Mm. And because it always starts alone, like you said at the beginning, yeah. it's that thing of we have to have make, to go yeah. There. But then I think what happens is that you make that dive, you make that leap, and then you think it's always going to be like that. You think you're always going to be on your own. And I think what, what's amazing about what you've realised and what you've created is that's not true. Yeah. And actually there's so much beautiful energy and when you share that space together. Totally. And that's really potent and powerful. It was like with the birth, I had an amazing doula that I work with. I just gave birth to a little baby girl. And the doula that I was working with really reflected the birthing journey back to me as in when you are in birth, there comes a point in birth where you need to separate from everything around you and everyone will be there to welcome you home, but you need to go out there by yourself. And I had that experience in my own birth where I knew that I had to go into another dimension in order to receive her and bring her wow. back. 
And then when I returned, I was met with my partner, with my doula, with my midwife, with my baby, all celebrating the journey that I'd been on. Mm. And for me, that is community. That is this tribal energy that we have lost. And we completely lost touch with it, yeah. These women's spaces, these sacred spaces that you can find yourself in, they do just that. They require you to go there by yourself. Mm. No one can sit in your grief for you. No one can heal your wounds for you. No one can move through that emotion for you. But what we can do is be there to welcome you back. Mm-hmm. On and your be by return. each other's side. And mm. that is the true power of, of all of this work is really returning back. Yeah. To that. And that's what inspires me most about the feminine. In order to understand it, all we have to do is look both within and outside of us because it is mirrored in so much what I see around me in nature, what I see in so many of the women that I've worked with's journeys. Because this word, I think, especially at the moment, the word feminine Mm. is getting thrown around a lot. Of course, there's been this huge Me Too movement. There's been a massive cultural shift that's Mm. happening. And then the feminine, I think, gets brushed into that. But what does the feminine actually mean to you? So for me, the feminine is really about the the inner world. It's the journey we take within us to find that inner sanctuary, that inner voice, that inner space. The masculine in contrast for me, just to kind of make that clear, yeah. is a more outward portrayal of energy. And we both sexes possess both yes, energies. exactly. So... If we can start to think about how often we're taught to go within, how much time we spend in our inner world, do we even know what our inner world is, we can begin to understand that we've been living in a very dominated masculine energy space which focuses on our bodies, our outwardness, what we see around us, what we do, Mm -hmm. instead of the feminine which is the yin of going inwards. It is... The intuition the inner knowing. Mm. So at this time that we're born into, we're born into the feminine rising. Yes. And that's why as women who have chosen to be born into this lifetime right now, a lot of our mission is to rebalance the masculine and feminine. But campaigns like the Me Too well, this and is, yeah, I was gonna feminism, say mm-hmm. you know, it's like any movement. You need to go a little bit extreme. hundred percent. In order yeah. to re- recalibrate. recalibrate. And again, that is just another metaphor for our own personal journeys. You know, when we suddenly realize something, come into an awakening or in a realization about something, a loss, a grief, we have to go through that act of shedding whether that's screaming, whether that's crying, whether that's expressing all the emotion that we've been storing because Mm -hmm. we've seen through an illusion right now, we almost need to have that outlet in order to return, Mm -hmm. in order to come back. It can feel like a conflicting energy because, you know, anger is very associated with the masculine. Mm -hmm. And actually, you know, that has its own issues within society that men are allowed to express that Mm -hmm. emotion and that's about the only thing that's socially acceptable you know and that is a huge problem in itself Mm. but I think for me a lot of things that are coming up recently is like how do I soften into my feminine side because as a defense mechanism which I think has been a necessary tool for a lot of women in a lot of ways we lean into that more masculine nature Mm -hmm. whether that's in 
in our careers, in our relationship, and to find that actually there's a quieter sort of power in that softness Mm -hmm. seems contradictory in a way Mm -hmm. and is something that I'm learning by doing, but it feels um, unfamiliar. Yeah. So I guess your sort of space and your ethos is really about leaning into that subtle strength. Yes, but it's also honouring when the masculine needs to... Be expressed. Be expressed and not denying that either. Mm. So I went through a really kind of um, big journey with suddenly all around me was a feminine. Mm-hmm. And I became too feminine. Mm-hmm. I was too much in this inner world. I, I stopped stepping out into the outside world. Mm-hmm. I became a real introvert, recluse, recluse you know. Just, I have that ability too. Yes, and it's amazing and beautiful and nourishing and so feminine and so sweet and sacred. But it wasn't serving me. Because again, we need the balance of both. And so when I advocate the feminine I don't advocate the feminine for everything. You know, mm. I know when I need my masculine. I know when I'm working and I'm taking a, a beautiful creation that I visioned and I need to bring it out into the world. I need my masculine energy in order to do that. Mm-hmm. I know when I'm dealing with grief and loss that the masculine energy of anger, of movement, of embodiment will really support me and serve me. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's more about becoming familiar with the difference between masculine and feminine energies and then you being in authority and power of what you call upon when you need it. Mm-hmm. This might sound like a bit of a silly question, but why, if both sexes possess both energies, mm-hmm. why is the masculine tied up to the man and the feminine to a woman? So I believe, again, this is what we choose to kind of incarnate into when you are born a woman or choose to be a woman in this lifetime, you are embodying a bit more feminine than masculine. And so you might need to get to know the masculine better or get to know the feminine better in order to um, level that up within you. So I feel that as I identify as a woman in this life, my need for the feminine will be a little bit stronger than my need for the masculine. But the masculine is still reverent Mm -hmm. and it's still sacred and it's still an amazing ally and tool that I can use to work with. And I see the same in men. You know, a man that identifies as a man in this lifetime, he will hold a deeper connection to the masculine or his journey will be to learn more about the masculine um, and use the feminine as a tool. And an ally, because mm. I'm not fulfilled if I'm only in my feminine or if I'm only in my masculine. Because there's, and again, this is my experience, there's a slight coming undone mm. when we lean into our feminine space and self that can feel, even though on one side it's very like grounding and, and beautiful and feels like you're accessing a lot of wisdom, mm. you feel a little scary because I think we've built up a lot of stuff that's like, don't let that part of ourselves be shown or yes. or held space for, I think more importantly, it's either by ourselves or by another person or by a partner. That can be a very terrifying thing. Yeah. How did this affect you calling in your, the partner that you have now? So because I wasn't in 
my true alignment before I began my spiritual journey, I was calling in people who were matching me on this lower vibrational level. Mm -hmm. The minute I began to journey on my path, meet myself in places that, again, I didn't even know existed and really begin to, you know, form a sense of more deeply who I was, I believe that I called that in and it matched me on my level. I always say, you know, you're never ready. You're never done with the spiritual journey. So it's not about waiting until you're perfect or waiting until everything's aligned and you've healed all wounds and you've gotten rid of the trauma. It, it doesn't happen because as I'm sure you know, once you move through a layer, another and layer another reveals one. Oh. itself. So <laughs> you're gonna be waiting a really long time if mm -hmm. you wait until you believe you're ready. So can you explain a little bit about magic, okay. which you spell with a K? With a K, yes. And also like what that means to you. So this word magic, which was inherently a feminine word, got taken by the patriarchy and you know we type in magic in google typically you see magic tricks you yeah. see pulling a rabbit out of a top hat all these things are about deception and illusion rather than magic with a k which we are reclaiming um to be the magic that is created when you communicate with the divine i love that so when i yeah was calling in these kind of women into my life one of them who appeared was a witch. How do you know she was a witch? Well, she told me. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, did she have a hat on? <laughs> you know, the, the, the little girl in me was beyond excited. And oh God, Practical Magic is my favourite film of all time. I absolutely favourite. And, you know, the kind of 20-something-year-old young woman was really freaked out. So I first met her because I was working for this events company and I was looking for an astrologist. And I called this number that I found on Google. And the first time it rang, the wind was so strong that the, the phone hung up. So I tried again and again, I could kind of hear a faint sound of hello, but the wind was so strong again that the phone went down. And then the third time I called and she must have gone somewhere where it was less windy. And I just heard the most powerful sentence of my life, which said, you know, when the wind blows that strong, it means that two witches are meeting. <laughs> and I just got I shivers. get goosebumps every time I say it. And I had shivers run down me and I said, oh, and, and I explained to her what I was trying to do in this very kind of weirdly corporate, you know, voice. <laughs> like, I'd like to hire you as an astrologist. Well, and she had no idea who was calling. No. Uh, well, she did, clearly. Yeah, she did, yeah. Um, she said, listen, why don't you come over to my house and we can talk about it? So I said, okay. So she gave me her address and it was right on the corner of Hampstead Heath. And I stepped into her, her flat and it was like something out of a book. I mean, it was dusty bookshelves filled with magic with a K everywhere. It was tarot cards. It was herbs hanging from iron poles. Um, it was astrology maps just charted everywhere. Um, Sounds amazing. It was, it was plush purple velvet throws over sofas. It was, and the smell, it was like potions had been brewing in there. And I sat down and I remember talking to her again in this kind of weirdly corporate voice. Oh, well, I think, you know, we should work together. And, and she was like, you know, I'd love to gift you uh, your chart being read. Um, and I thought, okay, great. 
I was always into spirituality as a kid, but again, I'd kind of lost my connection to the esoteric, to the unseen. Um, and she did my chart for me. I was mesmerized by her. And I began to work with her. Every Monday, I would meet her at her flat after that. And I asked if she'd just teach me everything. And so she taught me about the moon cycles. She taught me about herbs. She taught me about numerology, about tarot, about astrology. She basically uncovered to me the ancient feminine arts. Wow. Which is what magic is, magic with a K. And we began to walk the wheel of the year together. And this was how I formed the circles. So I would learn about the hidden messages and the secrets in every season, in every moon cycle, as I walked them with her. So we would literally physically walk um, and we would see how nature began to shift and change and how that So she was, was hugely instrumental in your journey. Huge. Hugely. She was your teacher. She was my teacher. You're a Pisces I'm a Pisces sun. rising, Pisces, oh, Pisces sun, Aries moon. Ah, it's a lot of Pisces in there. Pisces in it. And did she reveal a lot of, about your personality and about that? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, so I know you work with astrology as well. And astrology is, especially on my spiritual journey, it was a way that I could, I guess a way that my mind could be at rest. 100%, yeah. And it, it allowed my soul to lean in more. Mm -hmm. Because my mind could just focus on, you know, the, these facts that were revealing themselves to me based on the stars and the planets. The interconnectedness of it all and that exchange between that outer world and what's going on internally. Exactly. And I think astrology is such an amazing demonstration mm -hmm. of that. Absolutely. It seems to be that it attracts a far more female audience than it does. Astrology. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, because I think men are still culturally uncomfortable with the That's unseen. Mm -hmm. They need facts. They need more linear, um, logical, rational realms. I feel personally astrology offers that. But I still think that, yeah, the undercurrent of the esoteric nature of it creates that separation a little bit. And so then she gave you this sort of courage to to step into your own thing and really start cultivating this community. Yeah, well, I think more than anything, I saw a new world with her. And this world was something that I felt I couldn't just keep a secret for myself. This was a world that I wanted every woman to know about, to know about the magic that lives inside of us, to know that we can call upon things and we can ask for help and we can walk with the trees and we can listen to the moon and we can dance with the stars and the world is ours to commune with. I was never taught that at school. I was never taught that by my parents. There was no way that I could know that and, until she came along. Mm -hmm. And so once I learned this, I felt an obligation to create spaces where I could start to share this information with others. And that's how the women's circles were born. Were formed. Mm. That's amazing. Yeah. Do you think that that is, in terms of sort of like astrology as well, that that is happening in our time right now? Yes. I mean, I think, um, not to get too much into it, but just the, the events that have taken place this year, 
-hmm. this calling inwards, this mm. lockdown, this isolation that we're all being called to step back into our homes. The home is the feminine. The connection back to ourself, the, the calling to sit with ourselves, to have no distractions of the outside world. This is the call of the feminine. And each of us is being asked to sit in that space right now, to be comfortable in that space. Um, and for me, that is the reclamation. Yeah, and we're being forced into it. And we're being forced because clearly we haven't been listening enough before. Yeah. Wow, um, that's powerful. And looking at it like that. Yeah, mm. and I also think the need for sacred spaces is going to rise as we come out of this time. And suddenly people have been forced to sit with things they didn't even know were there. Yeah. And so for anyone hearing this, who has the ability to create safe spaces for people, I believe this is gonna be needed more than ever. Um, mm. As we know, mental health is at its peak and it's, you know. That's terrifying. Yeah, this mm. is what we're being called to do, to, to walk each other home. I love that, to walk each other home. Mm. Well, I think that's a beautiful thing to end on. Thank you. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed this conversation and I've learned a lot. Thank you very much, Thank Nishka. You. I love this conversation with Anushka and I honestly learned so much. I think we are in a time of reawakening and coming back to our true selves. Trusting in our innate wisdom and communities and circles of women have always been a powerful practice for this. Perhaps as a suggestion to you listening, you could create one of your own with your friends. Making them alongside a full moon can be a really powerful thing. You can find Anushka at The Goddess Space on Instagram. And Nora, if you want a reading, at Stars Incline. And me at Kagi's World. Saturn Returns is a Feast Collective production. The producer is Deborah Dudgeon, and the executive producer is Kate Taylor. This podcast is growing through word of mouth, so please continue to share it with your friends or anyone you think might find it useful. It would also mean a lot if you are enjoying it to leave us a review. This helps us get discovered by more like-minded people. And please do check out our Patreon page, where I will be sharing exclusive Saturn Returns content for the Saturn Returns community. Thank you for listening and being part of this journey. And remember, you are not alone. Goodbye.